2: Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Are you at home? Uh well, I'm on the I'm in the process of going home. I'm staying at a friend's in uh, in Birmingham at the moment, but yeah, I'm on the way uh-huh. uh, for a week. Welcome
0: to my new football club. I thought we could make this about talk about the transfers that have happened with the help of Alex Fisher. I just thought it'd be interesting to hear what, what it's like from a player's point of view.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I want to ask
0: Alex. What's it like playing in a pre-season friendly? Do you really give a shit? Not really. I
2: think di- it's just for fitness, isn't it, most of them? Like, get yourself up to match speed It doesn't mean anything. I mean, tall keepers were celebrating that like they'd won the league. They loved it.
0: Actually, Charlie Baker was quite quiet. He didn't do... I yeah, I was expecting... surprised. I was expecting
2: a tweet from Charlie Baker, to be honest.
0: I, I did get a tweet, but maybe Charlie's matured a bit.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's uh, grown out of the childish phase. Hello. Hello. Hey guys, how you
1: doing? How are you um, good. How are you? Yeah, doing all right. Thanks. Doing all right. How's life? Yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay since we last spoke. Been uh, been making kind of steady progress as each week kind of ticks by. Have you? Yeah, we. Um, I mean, it would have been. I think we were three or four weeks in when we first spoke. Um, I've still got the frame on, um, but that goes off next week, which I'm looking forward to. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a really strange time because I've, I've never been, had so much free time in my, in my career. So I've been trying to fill it up with as much as I can, um, whilst also kind of ticking all the boxes I need to do for, for my, for my general fitness. Alex, what's it been like with that
0: frame on your leg? Cause uh, last, I just saw it last time I saw you, it was probably about four months ago and you've had that frame on your leg all that time and i haven't (laughs) yeah it is the conversation starter of all conversation starters Um, are there moments where you're like i'm so fucked off with this now
1: you know what not it it will sound really weird because i know you kind of guys have seen it through the screen but um you don't actually know you've got it on um so i mean yeah first month or two it was it was pretty sore and you knew it was there but um no it's been um it's, it, it doesn't hurt. It's uh it's allowed me to be since we last spoke, like amazingly independent. Um was been driving, running. I mean, I've been running quite a lot, doing lots of gym work. So my life is completely normal after I'd say the first month. Um but I I obviously can't kick a ball or or do anything that contributes to, to, to the team. So yeah, I've just kind of been doing my own thing in the gym. Um, and um, yeah, it's not been, it's not been too troubled. I mean, I've had my, I've had my ups and downs with it. I've pushed it too far on, a, on one occasion. And that was what a, happened. Um, I went to, I had my eight week scan. Um, and from how I could feel, I was like, God, I must be nearly there. There's no pain. <laughs> I know it's only eight weeks in, but I was like, yeah. it gives me yeah. this really strong false sense of security <laughs> and um they said right in terms of your rehab you can start um jumping start doing single leg jumping things like that because um it's in a position that your the swelling's gone down sufficiently around the frame in your leg that you can do it when i saw the severity of the break still at the time i was like i thought it was like almost nearly healed the way they were seeing it but when they showed me the screen it's just it's completely broken oh um God. and i was just like so the frame taking completely all my own support and um I was quite buoyant. So I went down to the the gym at the, in the hospital. So this is at a hospital appointment um, and they have a, a gym down in the on the ground floor. And um, just as I was leaving, I kind of poked my head around the door and no one was in there. Usually they've set it up with, you know, this the frame lot are in on a Wednesday. There'll be other people in every day doing every few hours, every hour, every half hour doing their own thing. And it was empty. So I said, oh, can I just trial having a little run because I've just had some good news from my scam. I ended up getting to about, uh 16 kilometers an hour on the treadmill seeing how far I could go um and I couldn't believe it. I was like oh this is yeah only only for about 100 meters um or so I kind of built up for a couple minutes just pressing increase and increase and increase um, and then it didn't hurt And so then I got off and it really, <laughs> it really hurt and I was like it didn't feel like that when I was running um and uh, yeah, I ended up um, having to kind of take two or three weeks off it because one of the pins had—I um, put too much force through the through the. <laughs> through the thing. Um, but it was because I thought, well, if I'm going to hurt myself, I'd rather hurt myself here. Or I could go immediately upstairs, and they can sort me out <laughs> um, and push the boundaries there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a learning curve. And then um, I think that's that's when I. Uh, I got back in touch with uh, Exeter City Football Club um, because they have uh, an Ultra G, which is like an anti-gravity treadmill. Um, They're quite an expensive piece of kit, not too many clubs, certainly in the, you know, sort of the oval levels have those at their disposal. And um, it takes a lot of your your body weight off you. So I could run it sort of like 60 percent body weights. Um, so I went in two or three times in the off season. I'm very grateful by the way, shout out to Exeter for, um, allowing me to do so. I was speaking to Kevin Nicholson a lot. Uh, he was my old manager at Torquay and now assistant manager. Um, and he was uh, really forthcoming with help, as was anyone that I met when I was at the club. So super grateful for that. And then I thought, right, rather than doing stuff at my own body weight, I will sort of go back a few steps and I'll take the edge off and I'll, so I went in two or three times and did like six percent body weight, 75% body weight, 90% body weight over like a three week period. And um yeah, then by the time it was the start of pre-season um for all the clubs, I didn't want to be Around Exeter because I didn't want to outstay any kind of welcome, um, and also I don't think it's the sort of thing players want to see on someone's leg when they're just about to start. <laughs> <printing> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the whole yeah. So um, <laughs> and then yeah, I was back back in and then been been running ever since. So that's um, no, been it's been a a really strange and it's quite hard to pack everything that I've been doing into an answer um, without forgetting something that happened along yeah. the way. Yeah.
2: So everything goes to plan, Alex, how long's left now on recovery? So I
1: didn't, I, I got this wrong when I first was told, they said you're about six weeks away when the frame comes off from going back to normal. Now that's if you go to an office. Um, um. I thought it was like, so I'll be, my frame comes off next Tuesday. So a week tomorrow um, and it, you then go back into the boots. You go back into crutches. Um, now I'll physically be able to walk and, do the stuff that I need to do shortly afterwards. But in terms of playing again, the way the surgeon described it, he said your your bones have healed to the position where they can weight bear. You might not be able to run and do the stuff you're doing right now for a, for a few more weeks. But you will... Um, they, they described it as soft. It's like soft bone, even though it's firm. <laughs> it's just not that dense. Um, so you're susceptible for another three to four months of having a setback. So it won't actually be till november or december before i competitively will be playing football what about like training same unfortunately what's going to be so strong just in case yeah what's really weird is that in about (sighs) two months time i'll be able to kick balls like i'm normal i just won't be able to take the force of an impact from someone else hitting me so i'll be like fit to do a lot of stuff on my own, hopefully. I mean, I'm going to get a lot of my information from the next step on Tuesday, so I hope I'm not speaking too soon. <laughs> I could be speaking again in a few weeks, saying something completely different. But um yeah, I think I'll be competitively training and playing games that the body knows no different. So um you kind of got to be ready to, by the time I can competitively train, it'll be probably November, and then competitively play once I've got my fitness up a little bit, um, probably sometime end of November maybe December. How, t- How does it
0: feel sort of being a little bit vulnerable and not quite sure what you can do? It's strange that we
1: speak today because up until today I've had no problem like it's not like I like it's it's um there's no hesitation and just last night um I had a not a nightmare so but just like a bad dream um and it kind of what is the first time in my entire recovery that I've had any kind of nod to what's happened in the past um and it was yeah it wasn't wasn't the most pleasant um dream in the world and I've kind of gone ah I'll probably have my ups and downs but my attitude in terms of I just I mean I kicked a ball around the other week for the first time which was great it was all on my left foot so Missing targets and over the bar is pretty standard, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see when it when I get actually back into it. But um yeah, so far mentality strong, but I, I'm conscious I'll probably have these. beyond. The is there any kind of support for that that side of things? I mean, I'm sure if you reached out, there would be stuff. The PFA is great for stuff like that. I've spoken to them a couple of times trying to get funding for certain treatments, and they've been like unbelievably supportive with that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, actually, that's totally. I know it has been actually because I was speaking to uh, a player, Lee Mansell. Um, he is a PFA rep for for footballers now. He's just just retired a couple of years ago. Um, very good player back in his day. And um, I was speaking to him to see how do I access the funding to try and get the right treatments if if I need it at a later stage in my recovery um and he was very he just said look just so you know you know here's a number if you need to speak to anyone about the mental side of it if not i'm always here you know that kind of thing and it was yeah some people throw that around sort of willy-nilly and some people say and you go i know he's actually genuine and yeah he was definitely genuine and just knowing that was there was 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 very nice i know lee and he's not genuine
2: (laughs) (laughs) has it been tough alex seeing seeing the lads go back to training Ooh, sorry. Uh, that's, that's uh, <laughs> he's not he's not Alex.
1: Yeah. He's a horrible piece of work. Yeah, yeah. And he knows it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nothing's to do with his talky history <laughs> probably. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, John.
2: Was it has it watch. been tough seeing like the lads go back to training and you sort of like looking out and thinking, Oh, like, I wish I could be out there?
1: Yes and no, because the first day is always grueling and yeah. everyone's doing their pre-season. Is it really? Job. Yeah, well, it's the standard like yo-yo test sprinting this and one rep max that and stuff. And the other downside is that that's actually the one thing I pride myself on is my fitness. um So it's usually a time that I quite enjoy running. So um yeah, I, I didn't miss it, but I was certainly looking for the first time from the other side going, ah, to be fair, today's pretty hot. We're on the Astro. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then <laughs> when everyone's like, come on, one more, so you can get that in. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's nice to do it from my side. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a tinge of jealousy when the balls are out, especially when they're playing games and, and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't think anyone truly enjoys the, the fitness side of things.
0: I think it's crazy to think that you'll even be, you know, you could be playing in November.
1: November didn't seem that long long away. No, it's not, actually. And, um, I mean, the way they described it to me the other week, because uh, I went in about, two and a half, three weeks ago to have my frame off. And they said it was just a little bit too premature given what the scan said. Um, and they said if it was like a muscle injury, sometimes you could get a, a muscle injury that they said was going to be six weeks, but you can do it in three and a half. Yeah. Because of certain techniques or you, whereas bone doesn't really heal any faster. Depending, You know, yes, you can have the right supplements and stuff, but it doesn't really, it just gives you a better quality of heal, not a quicker rate of recovery so um i think i was always i mean in my head i'd always budgeted for january so when they said november i was like well that's two months early so uh for me that's great um and it's not that far it's it's pretty much bang on it'll be bang on halfway when this comes off so um and the stuff i can do is going to be by the first four weeks which don't sound the most comfortable um right you can imagine like when it when it comes off you're going to have sort of hang on a minute what is coming off what is that coming off the, the, so the, 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 I've got six pins that go that support the frame, um, and they go like right through through the bone. Um, so you've got to be really careful with things like infection, because if I get an infection now on the skin, it's kind of as far as it goes. But if I got an infection when the frame's off, it's kind of like the hole goes straight through into the middle of the marrow. So you've got to be you've got to be quite careful with with how you what you do and stuff. If it's raining, you can't really go out and things like that. And, you know, so you don't want someone spilling a pint down it around the local. Store, <laughs> which I'm, hang on What's to, ca- I'm What talk. are
0: they doing when they take
1: it off? What are they doing? Um, what are they doing? I mean, it I, 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 no, well, kind of, pre COVID, it used to be an anesthetic operation. Post COVID, I think for certain respiratory issues and stuff, they try and get you to do it under gas and air. Um, now I wanna be really dramatic about this, but my my wife is always banging on a beat about me how it's not a big like, big big deal so um I'm still gonna edge on the air of dramatics so <laughs> yeah good for they, you. yeah they gotta um so the bones grown round the screws, so they've gotta like crank the screws one way to loosen the to sort of like shake the i guess i know crack it the whatever's grown onto it off and then they screw it out like you would a a screw from a from a with a drill um and um (laughs) yeah it's uh i'm not looking forward to it and it's gas and air so i said when is this next tuesday this is tuesday yeah next tuesday um so it's uh yeah i said to to chloe that if i can do a pin without gas and air that's dinner and tidying up afterwards for a full week if i don't do it then it's the other way around but i don't know massages yeah yeah How long will that? How long have they said? How long the process will take? That's a good question. Actually, I I don't. I don't think it'll be too long. Probably about five ten minutes. Oh
2: really?
1: I thought it'd be like a couple of hours. Yeah, I thought it'd Um, be like an hour or so. I think putting it on, definitely the case because they've got to make sure everything's in line. And I think they do it with like a live X ray going, so they know exactly where they're going to, to piece everything together. Putting it together is the the complicated part but taking it off i think is quite literally just the bones healed so it's um it's a matter of just taking the taking the screws out they said uh they take the supporting struts off you walk to costa and back get the surgeon a coffee he has quite a big order apparently so i'll have to remember that um <laughs> and if you can do that that's 800 yards and four flights of stairs um if you can do that pretty much pain-free then they know it's definitely time for it to come off, and then they take the whole the, the actual meat and veg of the device off. Um so yeah, it's uh that was what my dream was last night. Was um then they took it off and then I stood up for the first time and it, it didn't it didn't hold. <laughs> so um that was where I was a bit like a bit nervy.
0: Yeah. What will your leg look like when it's off? Is it oh I thought you meant is it
1: like no, I mean, it's nice and straight, but <laughs> um, what what would I look at? What would um, I see? You wouldn't, I, no, it'd just be just be bandaged. I think they just put like, um, they're quite small. They're six millimetre. Um, so they're, I think they just put a, a plaster, basically like a plaster and bandage over it. That's kind of it. And then you're in a boot for probably four to six weeks with crutches. Oh, you're in a one, so,
0: oh, okay. One of those so boots. they kind of
1: protect it. Yeah, they, they do it. They do it, so it's, yeah, it's all kind of... I think that's at your discretion, but I'm going to totally respect whatever they say I need to do. When
0: you're playing again, say you're playing again next spring and you're mm-hmm. going in for a challenge, will you go, oh, I can't be fucked, you can have the ball?
1: Like, <laughs> no, is it well, worth it? It. it uh, <laughs> I've had this conversation quite a lot. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because people have said... <laughs> Let well, the goalie have so it. Legit. Yeah, but like, yeah, it depends. No, I... Oh, this is where I don't know. In, in theory, yeah, I would probably say... Is that worth the risk? But I know in the moment, this is what happened when the injury happened. I heard the crowd, and I knew what it would have meant if that had gone in. And I think when the time you start pulling out of goal-scoring opportunities, is the time you probably should retire. Yeah. Um, if it's just a 50-50 in the middle of the pitch, and if I lose it, nothing, they're not so like they're going to suddenly directly score. Um, although often when I have given the ball away. It's Soz law that's the one that does end up. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> looks back at you and goes, oh, I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, no, they um yeah, so if it's them maybe, but they, they often say when you start to pull out of tackles to protect yourself, you actually get more injured. Um, I just think I'll be a bit more wary of sort of dangling my leg into some risky areas. But if it was like a slide tackle, I slide on my left anyway, so <laughs> that's fresh. That can that can take a hit.
2: Once the, once the cage comes off, do you feel like it'll be like, right, now it's the final road, sort of we can start beginning to think about playing football again and mentally it'll be like a big, I feel like it'll be a big release.
1: Yeah, I think since that eight-week scan, bar I suppose, going too far from 20 minutes after it, um, I've kind of had a good a, a good uh, schedule that I've been able to follow and when this comes off, it's just a continuation so it's like six weeks, four to six weeks in a boots, four to six weeks getting back to jogging, four to six weeks of getting your muscle discrepancy back to about ninety to ninety-five percent. Um, they don't necessarily need to be bang on, a, you know, exactly the same strength. I don't think anyone's are. Um, and then it's another like four weeks worth of training before you'd be probably physically fit enough to compete for ninety minutes. So it's like when they they say four to six weeks because they would say it's a you know, someone in their 80s that's pretty frail. So I'm taking like the four weeks in my mind on each one. So that takes me four months. And on their scale, would take me to January. So How it's far away of... is Yeovil from Exeter? Uh, from Exeter? Is it quite a trek? 40 minutes?
2: Yeah, I'd say about forty minutes. going to come
0: into the first game doing a little pod. I mean, you right. don't want me there, but just a cheeky little
1: yeah why not i mean our first home game is the second week of the season i believe our first game's away so um second week of the season i believe we're at home to st albans um so yeah if you guys fancied it just just let me know and make the arrangements definitely i mean your get your first game back can't do that
2: yeah definitely. Oh, that's
1: that for sure yeah that'd be great
2: It'd be amazing
1: um the um yeah and i can't i really can't wait i just uh it's great now because you see the pitch is in great condition. Well, I would say the sun's out, but it's not. But in theory, this time of year, the sun's out. <clears throat> when I come back, it's going to be the middle of the pitch will probably all just be mud. <laughs> the corner flags will be perfect. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Although the way we play, we, we we do try and pass the ball around. So um, maybe we will use the whole surface. But yeah, I, I, I'm picturing coming back in beautiful conditions um, and it's probably going to be one degree... When the the game's just been allowed to go ahead because it's passed a pitch inspection, um, but I, I don't think I'll be wearing studs, which is something I said I always do. So I might I might be wearing some moulds, So I'd rather slip if there's any. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, of course. The in the future,
0: <laughs> Alex, can we ask you, Can I ask you some other questions mm, about?
1: Please. Do you keep an eye on, Exeter at all? I do. I do. Yeah, it was. Um, I had a great time when I was there and I, um, it was a very proud moment for me to represent the club um, when I was there. And it's one of the, yeah, it's, it's one of a couple clubs that I will always check the score out after the game and see how they're doing. Um, often because I knew so many of the players were still there and there's still a couple. Um, but I think in this transfer window, a few have moved on. So have you seen,
0: because this is all new to me, Alex, all these players coming and going in the yeah. lower leagues.
1: Have you seen how many we bought in? It's I, I've not kept a close, close eye. Um, yeah. But I'm certainly aware that, yeah, there's been quite a lot of movement. I, I, it's kind of par of the course. If it's not one season, it'll be the next season because you don't tend to get more than a two-year deal in the lower leagues. Um, and I don't really know many people that stay at a club long enough to play more than probably three seasons now. Whereas when I was growing up, People were playing two or three hundred games for their club quite often, um, so it's kind of like a. I say of the greatest respects, it was like a, a bit of like a merry-go-round. Like you go from one club to another to another, and you might just hit a bit of better form at one than a previous club, and then you you crack on, and and, and you know your career moves on, and, and yeah, it's 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 a strange dynamic.
0: And the only, I guess, the only time when there's any ever any kind of possible stability is when they you get into the championship. Maybe you can pay more, or in the prem. I think at that
1: level, because the the sell-ons are so good and the potential for certain players is so high that they will be offered three or four de- year deals, um, which allows them to be there for that length of time. And if they do well after a year, then the other club has to buy them out for three years plus then some. Um, and that's probably where. Whereas The finance isn't terrible in the lower leagues. I think it's reasonable, depending on your club. Um, But you don't necessarily, and this is just from my experience, but um, you don't necessarily have clubs paying that much money for players in the lower leagues because they go, well, I could maybe get someone of a similar ilk for free or I'm only spending a little bit to get him out of his contracts. But they'd have to be really sought after to to, to get that uh, unless to move up into the champ where, yeah, it's life-changing.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw a couple of the deals that like with Plymouth that were making, and they signed. They just broke their record transfer fee twice in a week, um, and like, they just offer they're, just, they're offering four year deals to everybody that's uh, coming in. So I mean, it's that's double what our longest is like at the club so at the moment. Yes, yeah. so I think our most is like we've offered two, and there's a couple of players with an option to extend for one year. But I mean, that's still not a guaranteed two uh, three year deal. So, so to, to see them offering four year deals and. Paying over a million quid for two separate players is uh, is quite scary. Wow,
1: so I didn't I didn't see that I didn't see
2: those figures. That's, yeah, that's so they incredible. they paid a, a million plus add-ons uh, for Morgan Whitaker, and they paid a million plus add-ons for Ballymumba for Bally Mumba as well. They just bought. Oh, they've come back. Yeah, both on permanent four-year deals. So, fuck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, like. so, I mean, well, I mean, like the way I look at that and. I... Uh, People, I, saw, I got quite a few tweets saying, oh, you know, look at what they're doing. This is like so different to what XC doing, which is true. But I mean, Plymouth are historically, you know, have got themselves in, in financial mess in the past. And I mean, this seems to be following in the same pursuit. I mean, they're relying heavily on, I guess, staying up and like relying on, on that because I mean, I don't think Morgan Wicker and Pally will want to be playing in League One. So it's going to be a, a tough ask to stay up and then keep keep hold of them. They probably have, you know, relegation release clauses. We saw with Leeds; they spent what 120 million on on players uh, over their time in the Premier League, and this season they've all left for 5.5 million. That's all they got back in fees. Shit! So it's a it's a big risk to, to take. Oh, I did see that actually. I did see that. Yeah, it's and
1: also I think what. Well, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say from from my position, but re- like looking it in from the outside. Clubs that do spend a lot of money, if they don't stay up, using the Plymouth example, and then they come down, they're then probably going to receive less from the leagues. They're going to leave less, less maybe from the attendances, but they still have the financial commitments of someone that's in a championship wage. They've got Unless championship wages, yeah, on their contracts um, to take a, to pay take a pay cut. Um,
2: the financial risk I think is that they are, they are taking is massive because,
0: like, are you licking your lips, John? Hoping
2: that they well no, because no, I don't I never want to nah. prey on anyone's sure. downfall. That's yeah. that's not a good way to live. But like Thanks. it's not it's it's it, it's concerning because like we've been there in the past where we've overspent or not managed wisely, and it's led to us nearly going and Plymouth also nearly going. And like you don't want to see that ever. So I just hope that what they're, whatever they're doing is financially sensible, and they're not sort of you know you don't want to. There's a lot of people that will lose. You know they what they live for on a week weekend. If, if this isn't correctly done, so it's, it's quite scary, really. Am I right in thinking, Exeter's it's a
1: trust, right? Yeah, because when I was yeah when I was at the club, we had that the COVID hit the one season, and then the second season was behind closed doors. And I remember thinking, actually, even though it might not have the same financial clout as a club that has a multi 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 millionaire owner, um, that Individual would probably you, like protect his own business interests before his football club. Yeah, 100%. and therefore would actually be perversely in a worse position. And I thought the fact that Exeter was trust run during a cl- time like that put it in such better stead because funds were used appropriately, and someone wasn't trying to save maybe perhaps their business at the expense of what could be considered like their kind of pet project or a passion project.
2: Well, the case. I, with, I
1: thought that was a really big deal for us.
2: I think the case with Plymouth is, is they've got a, a rich owner, but I think people fall into the trap of thinking that the owner is like putting this money in and like not ever going to expect the in like return. Whereas this this money is coming from his. Co- oh, I mean, this is you know I can't speak on facts, but we'd assume it's coming from his company um, and not directly from his, his pocket. So that company is going to want to you know when he leaves or sells up, he's going to want that million, two million, whatever he is has paid to the club back. And um, I think are fans are naive in the fact that this is a gift, or or maybe they're not, or maybe they're aware, but like this is debt. This is a, a, accumulated debt from for the club, and it's going to have to at some point be, you know, paid back. If the owner wants to leave, or if he decides, you know, this club can't go any further, or he wants to sell it on to somebody else, that three million quid still has to come back to him somehow. So it's. It's scary. I think the, the beautiful thing about exit City is we might not be the most successful, we might not be the most like attractive club from the outside looking in, but our budget always stays the same. We've got we'd rather have a, the similar budget for longer than sort of throw all your money in at one season. And you know, Are you getting any kind of pleasure out of this? It, out of what?
0: Well, just that sort of the the sort of drama and the tension that they might all go wrong for Plymouth.
2: Any kind? No, g- genuinely, gen- like one I said, mean this from the bottom of my heart. No pleasure whatsoever because I actually don't want. I don't want any. Like I, am just lucky talking enough. about it, loads. Well, <laughs> yeah, but not, not in a pleasure. today. You know. no, no, I no, only... I did. I did a uni project on Bury FC, the one that went out of business. Um, and Who? I'm like the live Bury, yeah. Um yeah. Oh, right, and I was lucky enough. i lucky enough to better go to Gig Lane and speak to people, and I mean. Like, people were like crying about their like, fully grown adults crying about the yeah. fact that the team had gone and they had no one to support. And although there was a Phoenix team, it didn't feel the same and they're never going to have their trophies and their history and all this stuff. Sorry, if like, they got, do, do they exist now, John? They got no, there's, there's another Barry AFC who play in like the ninth, eighth tier of football. Oh, no. And they were, what were they? They just got promoted to League One when they went out of business. So No, seeing, Really? I'll yeah second
1: that, that I couldn't believe yeah. it. there was a team that actually got promoted that didn't exist the next season. Can you explain mm-hmm. to me how they
0: how they lost their way what happened to them?
2: Just overpaying overpaying players not not paying players at some point they offered contracts that they couldn't you know like commit to and just got themselves into more and more debt and it was they just spiraled out of control. I think the owner that uh, that went out a bit that they went out of business with bought Barry for a pound at the beginning of that season. For one for one pound, yeah. So it's scary, very scary. Do so they still play at that stadium? So they've just moved. The Phoenix club have just moved to Gig Lane uh, this uh, to start this season there. But up until then, they were playing all, all over the place. They were ground hopping. They were ground sharing. Like didn't have a real <sighs> solid home. Right, right. So, yeah, you never um, want to see that.
0: Alex, what's it like? Because I'm seeing all these new players come in. What's it actually like to be one of those players who? And you're suddenly playing with nine new teammates and you know you're probably only there for a year or two.
1: I think it's actually quite hard and s- some people can just hit the ground running and from the outside, everyone's goes, oh, you know, this guy's led, he's going to be our saviour or he's going to do this and that. Um, but more often than not, you've got things outside of football that I think can affect a player's performance in terms of relocation are they away from family you know do they get on with people that kind of thing there's like a human side to it um, that I think isn't necessarily forgotten about inside football but maybe the outside doesn't necessarily recognize as much um yeah. but I've always found it I mean I've had quite a nomadic career so i it's never with the intention of it being that way um but I have moved moved from sort of like club to club over the course of my my career a bit more than perhaps most And after a while, you just get desensitized to it. And after a while, having been around long enough, um, and I say this in the most humble way possible, you know you must be okay if you're still playing. So you kind of think, well, I don't necessarily have... I need to prove myself every day because some of these players have never seen me play. Some of these fans have never seen me play, coaches and the like. But there is a sort of inner belief that goes, well, I am still here and I'm still doing all right and I know I can do my thing The time comes more often than not, so that kind of inner belief I think is quite important. And if that gets sort of shaken a little bit from whatever it might be, could just be a couple bad actions in training or a bad performance on a Saturday. Um, that's when I think players can maybe have a bit of a wobble. But in terms of getting to know players, it does take it's, it's the I mean, pick your cliche when it comes to football, there's so many, but it does take time for a team to get used to playing with each other. Um, I could play with a strike partner that gambles loads off my flick-ons this times so I think actually he's more of a ball-to-feet kind of forward. Therefore, he's not going to actually... So my flick-ons just go to a goalkeeper. Actually, there's no point me flicking this on. I'll try and bring it down to get him into play. I'll try and change my game to suit him. He might try and change his game to suit me. And that's where a manager is really important. He'll get all these... It's like a big jigsaw of attributes and I'll try and piece them together to make a coherent unit. And some games you'll be like... God, we're we're incredible. In some games, it's the classic. We won't at the races. And it's not necessarily because people aren't trying. It's just that maybe that week you've implemented a strategy that was great in the week, but put a real fixture in fans and pressure in front of it. It it just doesn't quite. And that's maybe where, um, certainly, David, with your maybe lesser experience of the lower league football, you get that inconsistency, um, which I actually think is a charm. I mean, it might not feel like it as a fan (laughs) sometimes, but... That means when you have a success, it's like when Exeter got promoted. It must have been like the 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 best because you are like actually we've really achieved something this year with you know, and it's it's all relative. You put just as much time, effort, and commitment into a season as you would at the top level. Um, If anything, for obviously a a heck of a lot less back as financially as a player, but the the rewards are the same, and the commitment's the same, and the output's the same. Um, So for me, the achievement is pretty much the same if I was a player. I'd be just as proud if I won, you know, a trophy with the Oval as I'm sure I would be if I was at a, a much higher level because that, that level of commitment's the same.
0: How long so, does it take for you as a player to really feel sort of joy for scoring for that your new club? When um, do you, how long does it take to feel like you belong? And
1: the, the joy never leaves, which is why I'm so determined to try and come back and, you know have one of those moments or hopefully feel those moments again um in terms of i think there's a dynamic when you enter a new team you've got competition you're friends with the people in your position you you want to be um but you also know that if they do well you might not play if you miss a chance they're going to get a chance um you could be on the bench and so-and-so might not have scored for a few games, then they notch one and it's come off their ass or something. And you're like, oh, I like your ass. It's great for the team, but I'm the one that's now got, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, God. <laughs> you're like, oh, I to know you. Yeah, no, of course. And that's where I think it's quite rare to find. Cert- this is where I think age has really helped. When I was younger, I'll be honest, I was like pretty bitter about stuff like that inside. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, brilliant. If you do well, we do well. Um, yeah. And that does take a bit of time, but I've ha- I have the luxury of being, maybe a little bit older, and therefore can have that kind of um, peace of mind that knows that I don't have to necessarily be the the man every week. You know, it's great if other people do it for a while, as long as we achieve something as a team come the end of the season. That's why it's so disappointing sometimes when you put the same commitments in and have an unsuccessful season. I mean, similar to what we had last year, really, with the Oval.
2: You spoke a second ago, Alex, about having like how important a good manager is and good coaches is that something you've thought about coaching management
1: mm-hmm. yeah i've got uh all but completed my b license um you'll be a super manager a, alex I well i need it. I, I need a good team around me so if you guys are looking
0: for a Genuinely, don't just hang that in front of me. Don't be sarcastic.
1: Well, you know, it, it depends on the budget for the chairman. Cu- I'll come along <laughs> and sit on the bench and do what I can. Yeah, I, I do need an analysis, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Head of recruitment. You'll be great, Alex, I'm sure. Oh, that's great. Well, we'll see. I've got an idea um, as to how I would go about it. I've got... Uh, speak to me a couple... I think the injuries accelerated these thoughts quite a bit, and I've actually had a few approaches in the last year to get into coaching from old pe- coaches and um the old chairman that i've i've worked for in the past uh it's always just felt too soon but there does come a time where you have to think maybe a bit longer term that's quite hard i think as a player what you mean the end yeah it's like oh do, god yeah do you take a an opportunity to get into coaching that don't grow on trees or do you try and get another contract somewhere. When you're out of... Say, I I mean, I'm luckily in contract, but if I was out of contract, you know, I'd be coming off the back of a long injury trying to get signed somewhere. And you think, oh, do I take an opportunity that means I won't play again? Or do I try and fulfil as much as I can whilst my body can? Mm. Uh, Because it's not a given that, you know, in a few years it will be able to sustain the same physical output. I think a lot of players get to this age that I'm at now. and How old are you? 33. Right, what
0: if, gun to your head, someone said, Alex, you stop now, and we give you this lovely little opportunity,
1: what would you do? I'd still want to play. Would you, yeah? I'd still want to play, yeah. I yeah. think I've got a couple of years left, especially after this. I was quite coming to terms with the fact that this could be my last contract. And then this happened. And over the last couple of months, especially actually when I was at Exeter and I was seeing the facilities they've got there now, I'm like, "Ah, oh, I'm not ready I feel like a five-year-old yeah. ago just about to play football. I could put jumpers down in the. In fact, I have in the last few weeks with. Bless her, Chloe's been out um, with me, trying to uh, yeah helping me get fit locally. Yeah. Um, Yeovil, but that just just to, for for transparency, Yeovil been great with. Um, I'm allowed to do my my rehab um, at home. I live a couple hours away now from 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 Yeovil, so to save me the journey um i i do my rehab in in my village can you believe it's uh, they've got a state-of-the-art rehabilitation center uh, real bit of luck yeah um it's uh, a place called oaksie house um it's a charity actually called the injured jockeys fund um it, lambourne which is the village i live in is um, like racehorse central for the country so you get a lot of injured jockeys that are, use the facility to get fit again. And I just kind of poked my little pea head around the corner and just said, oh, could I see the facility? Would I be allowed to get involved? And uh, gratefully, uh, thankfully, they said, you can. So, um, yeah, I'm 200 metres away from my house. is a state-of-the-art rehab centre. So I'm in there every day. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> stroke of luck from what was potentially quite a bad situation at one stage.
2: You spoke about the end of your career briefly. Then, what is your mindset on? Is that something that you're looking at, like with the excitement, because there's more opportunity, or is it you're, you love playing football so much that it's a Is it daunting? Like I can't. It's I can't daunting. Admit, it's such like a weird mindset, isn't it? Because a lot of people in other jobs, you can do, you know, like David or people that work normal office jobs, you can just do your job until you know you're 60, 70, and then you can do whatever. But with football, your body it just gives up, and you can't stay at that level anymore.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I, I see more of the daunting side. Uh, and I think a lot of people might not necessarily say that, but I think in their heart of hearts they feel it. And I'm 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 worried about it at times. Uh, not to the point that now this injury actually is almost like a new lease of life because I don't have the same anxieties I did before. Because rather than trying to just get that next contract. Oh, I just want to enjoy mm. it. So I'm going to try my best to enjoy it. And if something mm. comes a bit great. And if it doesn't, I can leave the professional playing side of the game with peace of mind, which I don't think I would have had in another situation. So I'm actually perversely quite grateful for this fresh outlook. Yeah. But in terms of coaching, it's hard because the money's not there for coaching. So isn't it? No, not really. Unless you go straight into a managerial job, I don't think... At what level? I'd say National League and above. Um, so, and how hard is that to get a, ro- a role well, like that when you're new? I, I didn't think it would be all that difficult from the outside. Then I've actually started doing the badges and you see the competition and you're like, whoa, okay. Like there's, um, I think the Gloucester City manager if so I've got this right, is a guy called Tim Flowers. Now, Tim Flowers used to be like... What? what like, the goalie? The goalie, yeah. So, I used to grow I, he almost made me want to be a keeper. I used to watch Blackburn quite a lot uh, because of Tim Flowers when I was a kid. Oh my God. And I thought, well, Tim Flowers is a massive name and he's had a he good... He played massive, for England. Yeah. And he's he played hundreds of Premier League games, won the Premier League. Um, and I'm thinking, that's the sort of name I'd associate with like a championship level club. Um, so... It was just an example of something that I thought just from the outside, it looks like it's maybe a lot more competitive than you think. So that kind of, not not arrogant, but is the wrong word, but that kind of assumption of, oh, I'm sure I'll get a job because I've played for a few years isn't good enough. So you need to, I think you've got to try and cut your teeth somewhere and then you might get a chance.
2: I think though, like being a good footballer doesn't necessarily make you a good coach, though, does it? Because if you look at like Jurgen Klopp, never played at the most fantastic. Well, I mean, he played at a good level, but you know, never top flight or whatever. So, and he's gone on to be one of the best managers in the world. So, I think it's it can it can be different, can it, for different people? But I understand the like the mindset. It must be you know you think because you played, you guaranteed a position or something like that.
1: I mean, I think I've I've always I've spoken to a few of the owners that I've I've played under in terms of the club that they've owned um and there may be a chance with if you know someone at that level you're speaking to the decision maker sooner than someone else might but it's still when he puts you in a list of people it doesn't mean oh we'll just give it to him um i was advised a f- couple years ago by uh when i was uh the the head of uh, the ceo over at motherwell um a guy called flo he said he had I spoke to them quite a lot when I was there. I've got a good relationship with that with that club. And he said his advice was go into head of academy because you take a you get a one you get used to communicating with parents and kids and stuff, so you improve your communication skills at one level, whilst also implementing a club's ethos and understanding what the first team might need. And it's kind of like a backseat into like almost like fly on the wall stuff for what a manager managerial role really entails. And I thought what a good bit of advice that was, um, yeah. because I thought, well, maybe rather than going straight in for like the money position. Did he... Kieran McKenna start like that at United?
0: Did he? Was he? Kieran McKenna? Don't know, actually. Don't know. He's now at Ipswich, isn't he? I'm sure he started off like, yeah. Anyway.
1: But a role that's within a club. Um and I think the last couple of managers at Motherwell have promoted from that position into the caretaker role and then got the managerial role. Um so it was just it was just an interesting take, something I'd never thought about and I've never heard kind of since um or before.
2: It's a good point as well, because like sometimes in, in football you, you, you do you do need that stroke of luck, don't you? Like sometimes for a manager to get sacked and you just find yourself in a position where you're the next person to take on that caretaker role and then you do well and you know like that uh, so, like football is just I think full of sl- lucky strokes at times and you need things to go like you know, your way
1: mm, no I'd agree with that as well yeah like the luck is is a big part of it but yeah McKenna
0: was Tottenham Hotspur Academy then under 18s then went to you know I think one thing you should get is an iPad oh I so you look at that- not- yeah if you pulled out an ipad i'd go what's he doing
1: my um the old manager at Yobel, darren way used to have on his arm on his like forearm yeah it was um it was like, like american football almost, like a- it was, but it wasn't an ipad it was like um uh, like a piece of paper that was underneath a bit of uh, like a, a protective when it was ready, yeah and it was and he'd look at his arm and stuff
0: and yeah it was Oh, you could get a little name for yourself Oh, he's got an iPad strapped to his head. It's yeah. all new.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd have Alex head is headphones doing. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably
2: speaking to you guys and the stands telling me what to do. I don't <laughs> know, would, Alex. Would you be a bench? <laughs> yeah, maybe, <but> <laughs> <laughs> would you be a bench manager, Alex, or would you be in the stand?
1: Um, I'd. Well, why is that? Because I'm accustomed to the bench. Is that why you say. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I would. No, I'd be on the, I'd be out there. I'd be on the touchline, I think. Yeah, I can see I, you in a little v-neck. I just... Well, I, could, I was going to say, I've not thought of a tire though. Yeah, like, yeah, I think you got to. The turtleneck. I'll tell you who dressed well. Yeah. was Paul Tisdale. He always had a good style. But, um, yeah, he got, he
2: got a little bit of stick at times, didn't he? Tish he did, his...
1: but it was different. Yeah. He got... It was, yeah... On top of being a good manager, it was another, another way of getting a reputation. Yeah. See, Interesting. I, I thought, yeah... Because I've been said to have maybe a, a nicer edge to me than nastier and I'd actually rather just die on my sword I wouldn't try and be someone I'm not I've thought about this I'd rather I know roughly how I'd like to play depending on the level I'd use bits and bobs from the managers that I've worked under that I think were good for me and I would just go with it and if it didn't work it didn't work and I think if you try and uh I don't know do something that's not necessarily you then I don't know I just At least you can either say, well, I tried doing what I thought was right. Yeah, you're bulletproof, aren't you? And, yeah, and you're also like, well, actually, I know quite a bit about that. Whereas if I try to do a bit of an imposter situation on someone else's personality, I'm like, well, would he react like that? Would he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, The one thing I think I struggle with is half times because sometimes, like, I think, that wasn't a bad half. Then I come in and the manager's going, oh, fucking shit. He like, ah, what was wrong there? And I'm like, nothing. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, the left wing was getting at us all day. I was like, oh, yeah, left wing was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the coach, like, genuinely, yeah. the badges make a big difference. Coach, yeah, because I'm picking up, so, I wish I'd done it at, in, my, in my 20s rather than my 30s. Picking up so many little things that it might only change my position by four or five yards on the, in a particular situation. And it, might, it won't lead to anything but I've saved myself probably 20 hours worth of running. Now I do that over oh, that's the course. interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. And like just little things. And I mean, a couple of the, not less so me, because when I was doing my badge, it was still end of COVID. So you didn't, um and I've got this to come the next stage. Uh You do a lot of um coaching with other people on the course and other people on your course can be very, very high profile. Um And I think my, one of my friends, uh, Peter Hartley to, he plays at Hartlepool now. He said he had to teach Lee Catamol how to be defensive centre mid. And it's just like, well, I've got to do the coaching. So I'm getting, um, you know, I'm being, I'm under assessment here, but I'm also telling, you know, someone that's played defensive centre mid for like 400 games in the Prem how to play defensive centre. And I think I'd struggle with that. Like if I got, say, I don't know, um, Fernando Torres or something is like a coach. I'm telling, oh, yeah, so what you've got to do is look over your shoulder and hold him off, and then pass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's that's quite a, a, an unusual dynamic when it comes to doing your badges.
2: Mm. Alex, which manager was it that brought you in at Exeter? Was it the beginning of Matt or was it the end of Tiz?
1: Middle of Matt, I'd say. Middle of Matt. Yeah, oh. he was. Um, I'd scored one or two against him the year before and was local and um does he get in touch like in between so I quite like you uh, it you. didn't really happen too much like that I think it was more um I got a message from my my agent at the time and he said there's interest there I was out of contract and um it was yeah it was it was a place that I was certainly really interested in I actually made my first ever professional start in football away at Exeter so it was a place where, and a few players that I grew up playing with had also played at Exeter and, um, I had previously been on trial at Exeter a few years before, but they had a pretty full squad and it was, it was more training with them, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, if I do really well, they might offer me something. Um, kind of, trust being a trialist like, is that pressurized? Uh, I'd say so yeah I think what's hard sometimes is when you generally go in somewhere as to train but as soon as you play a pre-season friend it's like he's on trial and you get tagged with the trial brush a little bit and therefore your status and stock just falls a little bit because it's like oh. well if he was that good he'd just get signed um, which was uh, I think that's part of the course like and I, I you know I don't care at my age if I had to trial next week with someone I'd, I'd have no qualms doing it um, see what you mean yeah Right. But it's, um, yeah, so I, I had a, there's been like a, I think that kind of contract for me felt like it was a few years in in the making at the time. And uh, no, Matthew was great. He, um, he was very honest from the off about what he wanted to try and achieve from the season, where I was going to play, how I was going to play, kind of wasn't going in to be the main guy. It was more to support. It was Ryan Bowman at the time who scored a lot of goals for Exeter. Um, and um, they played at the time kind of, four two three one so there's only one forward really that played a lot sometimes four four two uh, three five two uh so there were opportunities were quite limited um but it was it was somewhere that i was really keen to to have a go at and i was just gutted it was behind closed doors a lot of the time because i played a couple games at exeter well i think the, the the one game when the new stand was being built so you had the away end and the other small stand was just, it was just scaffolding or what have you. So everyone was in the big bank in the main, the main stand. And it was the most pressure I've ever received in the first 10 minutes of the game. How it wasn't three or four nil up to Exeter when I was, i it ended up being nil, nil somehow. Um, in fact, we actually nearly nicked it at the end. It <laughs> um, would have been a travesty to football if that had happened. Um, and I'm thinking, God, like this is hard enough to play in front of. I imagine playing for it. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I think there's something really special back to that that particular end. It's really unique.
2: Oh, that's cool. That's really cool to hear. Because I, I, cause I, um, I mean, we don't get to speak to many footballers, but like, I can imagine that is a pretty daunting uh, view while you're playing.
1: Well, it's not like you go to some. I was fortunate enough in Scotland to play in front of some really big crowds, and it is hard. You have to be like know where people are because you can't hear them, and it was a bit like that. It was you can't like hear that. them. Yeah, because the the crowd might be a bit too loud or what have you. But um, well, when they're calling for the ball, uh, yeah. So like, if I've got a, if someone says man on in a big Shit. game, you can't hear it. So you need to know where everyone is, and that's why I have such respect for the top levels because they just do it like it's no like it's nothing. And I'm like, well, usually I'd get someone telling me and I'd hear it because there's not that's too many people right. here. Um, but no, that particular game, it was like because you got the the slope on top of the big bank. And it was like they were just like sucking the ball into the goal, and everything, and every deflection went just the wrong side of the post for you mm. and just the right side of the post for us. And I was like, oh, jeez. And then they cleared the ball, and I thought, oh, I'll be clever here. Halfway line, I'll buy us a foul, um, and I'll take all the pressure off. And I think it was Steen Moxie just came over the top of me, headed one straight back into the middle of the box, two more corners. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, this is relentless. <laughs> <laughs> um and then like it just settled down, and we're like, this is the sort of game they will go on to lose because they should have scored, yeah,
2: uh, and then it do you ended think up that in again, what while you're playing? Do you think, oh, this is brilliant, like they're missing all these chances' like, this is a classic, we're going to nick one it, yeah, you do, actually, yeah, I think,
1: on occasion, like we got we had a bit of that last year where we had um we actually had a very good defensive record for a loss of the season, um but the amount of, but there was a time when we said one of these games, these are going to start going in. And then we played a game where every deflection went in and it's right. we like, ah, it's caught up with us a little bit. And it does. It does weirdly even itself out. Uh, but no, I, um, I always thought, uh, that's what's the charm of, of extra extra city. I think is that, and now you've got the new stands and stuff. It's, it's a proper, proper place.
0: Alex, thanks for coming on today. Um, really appreciate it. Um, oh, pleasure. um what I wanted to like to end with, with Exeter getting all these new players and they look they all look exciting and i think everyone's sort of hopeful for the new season having been sort of one of those players what can we expect or what can i expect uh, at the start of the season how
1: what should i hope for <laughs> a very very good question i i mean i've played with a couple of them i played with james scott at motherwell uh, <laughs> I liked him a lot as a player. He was really, he was young at the time and he was doing stuff that a lot of us weren't really doing at the first team. So when he got his breakthrough and then his moves, you could have seen it coming. So you got a very good player in, in him. Um, I played with Rhys Cole briefly at Yeovil. He came on loan to Yeovil. Only one game so he got injured um, against, I think it was Villa in the Cup. Um, technically seemed outstanding. Just never saw him for more than a couple of weeks because he, and we calf kept in touch every now and again on, on social media. So when he so I saw he go to extra, I thought, yeah, he'd be a good player. Um, when you got loads of players, I think I think you just need to maybe cut them a bit of slack for the first few weeks, and maybe not read too much into results or necessarily performances. I um, so I, I needed say, this, Alex. Everyone need to, needs to hear this. You need to. What I would say is you need to embrace the uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, with both <laughs> hands. <laughs> um, but I have. All, I think it's a. It's a. I know it's a super competitive league, so you can't just say, "Oh, you'll be all right," because how do you know? But from the outside, I'd always say, Works to City will always be all right." Yeah.
2: Did you see the I, uh, the result on Saturday, Alex?
1: I didn't want to mention that one, so because <laughs> I did not even but, I see it. But
0: from your point of view. view, what does that mean? The preseason? Are you? you, know what, are you I would, how are you? I
1: would, what? Yeah, how are you performing in your head? Are you going for it? I wouldn't say you're going for it. I mean, uh, the gaffer for our game on Saturday said no 50-50s. So every 50-50, everyone pulled out. You know, and that, if that led to them scoring a goal, so be it. He goes, I need you guys fit. Well, not no 50 This is lovely. It wasn't no fit. He didn't say it like in those words, but it was like, you yeah. know, if you're going to get hurt, I'd rather you be fit and we deal with the repercussions of losing a tackle than, you know, belching yourself. Um, no, I saw in terms of that kind of result in pre-season, I see it as like a win-win. You either win the game and you go, "Oh, look how great we are! We've got confidence," or you lose the game and you say, "Well, it's said like pre-season." You know, we would we'd have really given it some in, in a game. Do you, you know, talk here of... trying a little bit more in those situations. I think the the lesser-stated team will always be trying more. Well. We've got Newport tomorrow, uh, and I know if I was playing in that fixture, in even though I've played for them I'd be like a bit jovial to the outside all oh, right lads how's it going but in my head I'd be like oh, I want to I want to score here I want to win this game it means something yeah. to me. uh, okay but I would always try and spin a pre-season result to whatever way made me feel better about it yeah <laughs> um but I would but say you, yeah. you
0: want to be ready for the first game don't you and I guess you've still got to impress the manager but
1: I don't know it's tricky isn't it I remember Matty Matt, Matt Taylor said something that I I will take to me if I get into management when it came to pre-season it was only a small sentence but he says after the first three maybe four pre-season games we've got our fitness yes it's 60 minutes but you've got your fitness on your bench so I now need to start seeing content I need content and if you don't show me content then you know you've had your chance kind of thing um, and I thought content was a good word because I thought you can't hide from that and if you haven't if I've gone a bit quiet for a few minutes, I think, oh, he's going to need me to see contributions here. Oh. So I thought, yeah, you do yeah. want to, as a manager, you'd want to see so, in inverted commas
0: content. So how, what would Gary be thinking after that match on? They've played two uh, or three
1: matches. It's only pre-season. <laughs> 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 to be fair,
2: and this was, this was pretty mental. This is the first ever red card I've seen in a pre-season friendly I, yeah, you know what? I
1: don't think I've seen... I've seen usually they say, look, just take him off and bring someone else on. Yeah. Uh, can you actually go down to 10 men?
2: Yeah, yeah, Piers he was sent off, yeah. And it,
1: and it was first minute, uh, first half.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, like... Was
0: it a was challenge, that, John, or was it a back oh, chat?
2: Uh, a player called... I think, is it Tom Lapsley? Sort of small, uh, long, blonde hair player come flying through. Great. That month, like great. Literally awful challenge if you look look on twitter if he's got his leg planted it could have been like bad so pierce goes over and flings him miles and someone goes and flings pierce miles but pierce is this on youtube uh, it's on twitter yeah the, the challenge is on twitter yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um pierce gets pushed the same force falls on the floor they're both on the floor then pierce got sent off and the, uh, the other guy didn't even get a booking so bit bit odd in that regard but yeah, I've, I've never seen everyone in the stadium was like oh come on that's a bit boring like it's
1: yeah. Well, that, that therefore, I suppose you get your fitness in, but it does detract a little bit from the objective as you forget that as well. You know, play a pre season friendly with 10 men. It's a bit bit false. Yeah. Um, And um, I'll talk here in our league. So, any excuse to try and take them off a perch or two to make us feel like we've got a chance to win I, in the league? I
2: somewhat. must say, they had, some, uh, they had some real good players.
1: They got. I'll tell you what, it's we've I mean, signed some good players as well. Like, I just like, isn't like this is, this is where I think either I've never totally noticed the quality of player that started to drop down or it's just genuinely a good year for people that have dropped down.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I've been quite taken back by this. I mean, we've signed a couple of players that have good, are good pedigree. Like our team this year, I thought we'd we'd push for it last year in the league above. Um, So, um, and I think our manager is, is, is very good. He's got, he knows what he wants and how to achieve it. And it's very, there's not too many times where you think, oh, what should I be doing here? You should know. He's pretty, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's, he's been around a lot, Mark, Mark Cooper, and he, he knows his stuff. And it's, it's quite fun to play on Andre as well, because it's, it's possession based. So if you get, you get it right, which we don't necessarily always do, but if, when we do, it's, it's enjoyable to play in, which then I think breathes a bit more confidence and enthusiasm.
0: Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for coming on today. Ah,
1: oh, the real, real close. Look forward to it all weekend. So yeah. Oh,
0: honestly, last time you were a massive, massive hit with the ladies,
1: <laughs> massive hit with the men. <laughs> yeah. i did forget last time actually that of course it's a it's a podcast so when i was showing you my like my leg and stuff it, it's kind of lost on people listening yeah it's quite nice imagining like, um, the horror yeah so uh yeah at least hopefully none of those mistakes this time but no really really mm-hmm. grateful appreciate the uh the invitation and um yeah let's oh see, let's you know. do it again let's keep doing it sounds good yeah brilliant thanks, cheers alex
0: thanks alex, thanks, alex. All speak soon. soon cheers yeah, bye bye